the chance that Russia is going to shoot a nuke into Ukraine is high enough that I have actually put extra toilet paper on my shopping list this week. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. The Commentary Magazine podcast this morning has got me thinking that there's a decent chance that Russia's going to shoot a nuke towards Ukraine somewhere. And even though I bought toilet paper, like a bunch of it, the last time I was at the store, um, I put buy two more big things of toilet paper on my shopping list for this week. And so the situation in Ukraine is that, you know, Russia was winning. Russia was killing Ukraine. You know, Russian army was killing the Ukraine army people. And that was going on for a while. But then, you know, you haven't heard about anything for four months. I don't think the Russians have made an advance in about three or four months. And then now you're hearing about the Ukrainians taking back territory. And apparently the Ukraine, they trapped like 5,000 Russian soldiers in some city. And I'm not going out and looking for this footage, but apparently there's video footage of what happened to the Russian soldiers. You know, they weren't allowed to surrender or retreat. Um, I, you know, it was just, it severed bodies and people bleeding out everywhere. And so, you know, Putin, he been saying that he's getting more serious and he's going to send even more troops and stuff but whatever this this podcast I listened to plus some research I did has convinced me that he's, he's being backed into a corner the only thing he's going to have is nukes he can either lose or he can use nukes and I think on Friday Russia kind of finished off their annexation of four oblasts of Ukraine basically like states so they said, those four states of Ukraine, those are now part of Russia. And, you know, like the media and whoever, everyone is like, that's illegal. You don't own that. You just, you say you own it, but you don't own it. That's not part of Russia. And like I say, like they're being pushed back. They didn't even control every bit of those four states. And they're losing, they're losing territory in those four states. So why do you say that they're part of Russia now? The answer is... You know, there's a general rule in the world, which is you only use nuclear weapons to defend your own country. And, you know, it doesn't matter if that part is really part of Russia or not. It just matters if Putin wants to use that as an excuse and will actually go to the full-on use-a-nuke thing. And, you know, the theory that what I hear from people is that at least the first nuke, it's not going to be aimed at Kiev or a city or probably not even going to be named at Ukrainian military personnel or any other people. It'll just be uh, shoot it into the ocean or blow it up in the sky or something like that or hit a deserted island. And so I think there's a decent chance that one nuke that doesn't kill anyone all the way over in Ukraine will make Americans go to the grocery store and start um, hoarding again. And people in big cities, you know, it might be a good time to go visit your relatives you haven't seen in a while because of COVID. So I think the mainstream media and NATO and, you know, Biden administration, everyone's feeling pretty good right now. They're like, yeah, we're kicking Russia's ass. And they are. And I think we're going to be able to force a situation to Putin where it's like, you know, you, you got a few choices. You can just lose this war and retreat and, you know, hope that you get to remain president and people don't take you down because they're so pissed off about losing the war, which... 
You know, losing a war does not make you popular. Or you can escalate. And, you know, I was thinking, like, he could escalate all sorts of different ways, you know, before you get to a nuke. But I don't, I don't think he actually has anything in between losing and nukes. And I'll talk about that. That's the high Mars I've been researching. But, you know, I think what he needs, he's like, this is part of Russia. And then he, need, he needs a ceasefire. And Ukraine right now is like, we're not agreeing to any ceasefire. We're winning. We're coming for you. We're coming hard. You know, Russia needs a ceasefire so that they can start building up their defenses on that part of Ukraine that they took over. And I think using the nuke, you know, Ukraine is like, yeah, we're, we're coming for you. It's like my little dog. I got a little tiny dog, and he loves to chase deer if he has me as backup. But if I'm not around, he doesn't go chasing that deer so hard. And so right now, Ukraine is like, yeah, we got America. You know, we, America and us, we're the same. And we don't have to do a ceasefire or negotiate. But if America's like, you know what, Ukraine, I think you better start negotiating. Ukraine will basically have no option other than to do what America says. And so America has sent over 16 HIMARS trucks. It stands for High Mobility Artillery Rocket System. And they're basically a semi-truck sized truck, I think six by six, you know, six wheel drive. And it carries six rockets on the back. They're about as big around as a five gallon paint can and probably, you know, 20 feet long. That's not right. They're probably about 12 to 15 feet long. They're pretty big and there's six of them. But what these rockets do is that they are basically robotic rockets. They're robots. And so, yeah, they can, they can hit within 18 inches of whatever target they're told to hit. And they can fly, depends on the rocket. Some of them can go 80 miles. Some of them can shoot 200 miles. You can drive one of these trucks onto a boat. And now you have a boat that has six 200-mile rockets on it, for instance. They're pretty useful. And they're based on a different device that had tank treads and carried 12 rockets, but that thing was too slow. So that, the point of this thing is it's a fast truck. So it can, just, it can drive in somewhere, shoot all six rockets in like a minute, and then drive the hell out of there. So the enemy can't really hit it. And so the truck driver, basically just a semi-truck driver, that person is a Ukrainian soldier. But pretty much the rest of it is just Americans and, in particular, American satellite space technology. And so, apparently, Russian radio communications are not encrypted. So, you can just listen. You can just listen to what the general tells the colonel, and the colonel tells the sergeant, and the sergeant tells the private, or whatever. You can listen to everything they say. I mean, you gotta, you got to be able to understand Russian. But So, basically, the way it goes is this, is America... You know, we, no Americans go into Ukraine to do this. We do this all from the outside, using technology. You know, it's, it's like the internet. The internet is wonderful. Social media war. But so, America listens to all the Russian communications, say they want to kill a general. So they hear a general talking to someone, and the general's like, oh yeah, we just passed the Purple House. You know, and he thinks he's safe because he's driving along. And so then the Americans use their satellite imagery, you know, which is a lot better than Google Maps, and they find the Purple House, they find the truck that the general's in, and this part, I don't know. I don't know if they tell a Ukrainian commander 
to tell the truck driver where to go, or if they just directly, they probably just directly, you know, who knows, text, text the truck driver an address, say, hey, truck driver, drive over to this address. And so the Ukrainian truck driver drives the HIMARS over to wherever it is, right? This only has to be within 100 miles of <laughs> the thing they're trying to kill. And then they say, hey, Ukrainian truck driver, press this button, you know, on your dash. And then that's all the truck driver had to do. He had to drive there and push a button. And then the thing is just automatic after that. It's a robot system. And it just points all its missiles up in the air. And every missile shoots off as instructed by American intelligence. And each missile goes and hits some, you know, global positioning system, GPS spot on the map. You know, like just, oh, there's the truck. It's going to be here in, you know, 30 seconds. The truck will be about here. All right, hit it right there. And boom, you got a dead general. And if you got an, you know, I guess they've been hitting ammo depots, whatever, like, oh, here's a bunch of trucks full of ammo parked. I mean, that's even easier. You can just see that from the sky with the satellites. And so I think you can see that um, basically Russia is fighting the United States. It's like the U.S. hired a truck driver and said, we'll do the rest. And it's not entirely clear to me. I watched a couple of YouTube videos on this rocket system. Uh, I think they can also shoot down airplanes. Like, remember at the beginning of the war where it was like, Russia has all the airplanes and Ukraine doesn't have airplanes. And then you never heard anything about airplanes ever since. Uh, and the HIMARS have only been going over there for, I don't know, four months or something. But that may be why, because I think, whatever. Russian airplanes are sitting ducks. The satellite can see an airplane easier than anything else in the world. So it's just like, oh, there's an airplane. Boom, shoot it down. And so America has sent 16 of these trucks over there. I mean, you know, it also depends on how many missiles you give them. It kind of comes in a, whatever. It's like a replaceable thing that you take off the back of the truck and put a new one on. But anyways, 16 trucks, right? That doesn't sound like much, but it's like turning the tide of the war. And that's because they go, they shoot farther than Russian artillery. And then Russian artillery is not guided. So Russian artillery is like, I hope they're over there somewhere and they're shooting a bullet up into the air and they hope the bullet comes down and lands on the thing. Whereas this HIMARS thing is like, we see you on satellite, we see exactly where you are, boom. And you can't even hit us, you know. It's not even, there's no point for Russia to even shoot towards these things really because they can't shoot as far as the thing can shoot back at them. And so, like America is kinda, America doesn't want Ukraine to win right away. I mean, America doesn't wanna go in and fight itself with you know american soldiers obviously they would crush them they would crush russia instantly so america's kind of trying to draw it out but we're but they're also like well let's make ukraine win a little bit and so they sent 16 of these trucks i mean imagine if they sent 100 of these trucks i think america owns hundreds and hundreds of these suckers and they can be outfitted with a single missile instead of these rockets guided rockets um they could put one really big-ass missile on there that can go up to 700 miles. I mean, I don't know. It probably hit Moscow. America's not giving them the big-ass missiles so far, but you could just give them one, and they could be like, oh, and then boom. I mean, they might be able to kill Putin with, like, just one big-ass missile off of one of these semi-truck things. But as far as I can tell, Russia just has no answer for this type of weapons. Like, you know, we have these weapons in Iraq, and... 
whatever. Or Afghanistan, that's a better example. Because I, I can't remember. Who were we fighting in Iraq? I don't even remember. But the Taliban kicked our ass in Afghanistan, even though we had these things. And that's because, you know, having perfect satellite inner imagery of Afghanistan is not going to tell you, you know, which guy living in which mud hut is the guy you want to kill. They all look the same. They're all spread out. They all live in mud huts. I'm exaggerating. So anyways, being able to send a rocket to, with pinpoint accuracy anywhere you freaking want didn't help in Afghanistan. But Russia has vehicles that look like army vehicles. They have army personnel who are dressed up and, you know, like fatigues. Well, so I think, I think you get where I'm at. It's kind of one of those things where sometimes you'll talk to someone about something and you'll get all hyped up about it. And then, you know, maybe a day later you're like, eh, that wasn't as big a bad thing or that wasn't as big a good thing or whatever. That wasn't as important as I thought it seemed at the time. But anyways, just right now I'm a little hyped up. And as far as I can tell, with 16 HIMARS, Ukraine can beat Russia a little bit. You know, they can slowly take back stuff. And Russia's probably aware of this. And Russia knows we could give them 100, in which case they would just crush the Russians right off the map. And so, you know, Russia is like, this, this is part of, you know, they annex the thing, it's part of Russia, that means now we can do a nuke. And in fact, we have to do a nuke, because we got nothing left. Like, I thought they could do bombers. I thought they could do bombers. Why don't you do a bunch of bombing, like World War II style? But if these HIMARS can hit airplanes, um, whatever. Russians can't do that either. And if my little dog attacked a man-eating bear, I'd be like, sorry, little dog. I can always get another little dog. And so, I don't know. But how, how could this lead to nuclear war where 100 million Americans get killed? Well, obviously, it starts with the first nuke. And then somehow, NATO has to get involved. Like, they have a rule, right? If Russia's fighting NATO, any single NATO country whatsoever, then all the NATO countries get together and attack Russia. But this is similar like Russia fighting the HIMARS. They can't... Whatever. There's only one way Russia is on equal grounds with NATO or America or the West. And that's with nuclear weapons, like the big ones. And obviously, if Putin nukes us, I'm sure we will kill him personally. You know, we, we could throw a hundred nukes, right? You know, wherever we think he is, we could throw a hundred nukes. Or the hundred places we think he might hide, we could put a nuke on every one of them. So I don't think Putin wants to get killed like that, but you really just don't know. And obviously at that point, Russia has sent all its nuke, all its nukes towards America and who knows what. Germany. I'm not sure where you'd be safe. All of a sudden it might be looking pretty good to be living in a shithole African country. Thinking of more scenarios. So in Russia they're like drafting men and gonna send a lot more men. And so I don't I don't see how that solves their problems, but anyway, so that's something Russia can do, right? They can just send a ton more men in there. But it seems to me like, you know, if 16 trucks is too much for what they got here, you know, they send 100,000 men or something, you know, some ridiculously large number of men in, we just send in five or ten more of these trucks. I mean, it's like America can play that game all day long. And some more thoughts. Um, so I was and still am opposed to America's involvement in this war. I mean, it wasn't right for Russia to do what they did, but... That's not my problem. I feel like that shouldn't be my country's problem. Like, people keep talking about the... 
how everything Russia is doing is Ill illegal. So I looked up if the Iraq war was legal. The answer is it wasn't legal at all. Basically, might makes right. And I was opposed to sanctions because at least in the last 70 years, you know, sanctions have done nothing but keep the person you hate in power, like, you know, Iran, Cuba, etc. And it makes me think of my woke buddy who was like, he never drives anywhere. He's like, I'll, you know, I support Ukraine. I'm willing to pay higher gas prices. Like, you know, let's say there's a, I don't know what, a 10% chance or a 1% chance of global thermonuclear warfare where Americans die. It's like, you support Ukraine that much? You know, do you want your kids and your parents and everyone you know to die because what Russia did in Ukraine is intolerable? And also, I think there's a large element of Trump derangement syndrome mixed in on this stuff. Like the mainstream media lied for several years saying that Russia made Trump president. And then people on the left who used to be anti-war and didn't want to attack Russia all switched and they're like, we're, we love war and we got to attack that motherfucker right now. And you know, the people, left, right, center, doesn't matter. The people are not in control. It's, you know, there's just rich and powerful forces like the, you know, the arms manufacturers in particular who are actually in control of the government. And for them, you know, like the perfect war is a war that's never ending. So I think whatever, they're going to make the Biden administration that we're going to find, we're going to fine tune it. We want this thing to last for 20 years. And I think we're starting to win too fast, which will lead to the nukes. So. Maybe we'll dial it back. I mean, all, all we have to do is withhold the missiles for the trucks. It's like, you got trucks with no missiles. I'd like to make a prediction and then see if it comes out to be true, but I don't know how I feel yet. It's all too new. It's a spring romance. It's just blossoming. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.